Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Our topic this, I was going to say term, like we're at youth. No, this month is bold. Um, talking all things evangelism and sharing Jesus with people in our world. And when I was thinking about evangelism, I thought about my old youth days when uh, we used to do this thing either at youth group or mission trips called treasure hunting. Or I could do this treasure hunt. And basically, we had a youth or two allocated with one leader would go out into the community and we would, the two or three of you would get together and would pray and would seek God for what do you have, like what are you showing us God? What do you want us to find? Is it someone with a bright red shirt on? Is it someone with gold jewellery? Is it a family? Like who do you have for us or what would you like us to do? Or like... Do you like to buy this person flowers or food or... And basically, we would seek God and together as a team be like, all right, we're off to find that thing, that person, that whatever it is that God has asked us to. And as a group, we'd often have so many different cool experiences from buying someone flowers and completely making their day and week because no one's bought them flowers in years and this is the first time someone's thought of a nice gesture for them and it was from a complete stranger. Or whether you'd find that person in that bright red shirt and end up just asking how they are and realising although on the outside they're looking bright and fun, on the inside they were really hurting and they were very they were able to then open up and seek prayer or talk about those hard things. I remember this distinct one time that one person in our group had a vision of this single mum, two kids, she had it all in her head of what she was wearing and God had placed that on her heart. And we literally had to drive around to like so many different grocery stores to try and find this single mum and her kids so that one of us could pay for her groceries because that is what God was calling us. I just remember when we finally found her after searching through all the aisles and she just burst into tears and we said, God wanted us to find you. We've been looking for you for a while um, too. (laughs) like you were the person that got and just being able to break down in tears and share that experience with people and I must admit like those stories are really really cool right like absolutely thrilling experience amazing to see how God will work when we trust him to just go out and do pure evangelism off the back with strangers but I was absolutely terrified (laughs) of that as well and I can't say it's my definition of Saturday morning fun I and I don't think everyone feels called to that or feels like they're gifted in that necessarily but that is often what we just picture evangelism is walking up to a stranger and hoping for the best but on the flip side God has actually called all of us and positioned all of us in quite a unique position 
to reveal Jesus and share Jesus to people in our world around us, in their direct world around us. So I really want to today break down some fears that we can often have around personal evangelism. That evangelism, that's the one-on-one with people that we already know or encounter naturally in our day-to-days. So if you are taking notes, you can write at the top that the title is Breaking Barriers. So we're going to start by reading Matthew 28, 18, which says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Son and of the Father and of the Holy Spirit. Go to all the nations. In Mark, it actually says to go to all the world and make disciples of all people. Doesn't just mean everyone, all right, up and go, we're going to a different country, let's go. Or maybe we're all going to go to some remote community or village somewhere here in Australia. If we all upped and left and went, who would be left in Canberra? The Gildings. (laughs) These guys are staying in Canberra. (laughs) So boldness in sharing the gospel comes from a place of actually recognising that Canberra is your mission field and that you are called to Canberra. So I'm going to read that exact same scripture, but this time making it into your, like I'm going to personalise that into our context. So therefore go, be bold, and make disciples of all people of Canberra. Make disciples of your neighbours, of your friends, family, sporting team, community group, work colleagues, clients, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So a disciple is simply someone who believes in and follows Jesus. And a disciple maker is someone who points people to Jesus and teaches others how we can follow his way. So your mission field is full of people who are reaching out, who are crying out in desperate need of Jesus and the life that he offers us. So Romans 10, 14 to 15, it says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So this word preaching from the original Greek word, is karoso, give or take that whole pronunciation, Um, which basically means to proclaim, to declare, to announce, or to herald a message. So this will often be done, and we think of it often as this public scene, kind of like what I'm doing right now. But what, what if people never even make it through our doors to like what if people don't even know that there's so many buildings and places here on a Sunday morning in Canberra that are preaching the good news and proclaiming Jesus so people don't know to come in and hear and receive 
unless you first go out and proclaim and talk about the good news and the goodness of God and the life that he has given you. So I think that one fear people have is the lack of our own knowledge. What if someone asks me a question that I just don't know the answer to? What if they get into some argument or debate and it's really specific and I'm just like, I don't don't know, just come to church. It's fine. And I actually think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't know all the answers. Actually shows that you're still human. Crazy, I know. But when it comes to sharing the gospel and the good news of Jesus, the most powerful thing that you can do with the utmost confidence is actually share your personal story to your personal experience and journey of God. A few of us young people had the privilege recently of spending some time learning from Nicola Gibb, who is a gifted evangelist in the C3 movement, who we also get the privilege of having here at church next week for our Christmas party. So she will be preaching here next week, which will be incredible. But she shared with us many biblical lessons from her own experience in sharing the gospel. And one of the things that I learned and I've taken away and really hung on to is working out who is Jesus to you in one word. Can you summarize who you've come to know Jesus to be in just one word? Among the group, we had different people's words of who they knew Jesus to be was peace, joy, a friend, saviour, redeemer and transformer. So if you were to have a think about who and what Jesus has been for you and you can share that with people and you can elaborate. How did you come to know Jesus as your friend or your joy? The one who transformed you. You don't need to get into the arguments and the debates and the nitty-gritty. Simply sharing who Jesus is to you is one of the most powerful testimonies that we can ever share with people. So 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honour Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defence to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. I love that because it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, oh, we're going to judge this person because they're not living the way God's called them to or they're not turning to God. How dare they? How are they meant to turn to God when we haven't told them about how cool Jesus is? Of course they're going to turn to different things when they don't know how to turn to God. It also doesn't necessarily mean the total opposite of shoving Jesus down their throat every single second you get the chance of. Particularly if they've said, oh, that's cool, and they they want to move on with the conversation. That's two ends of the spectrum. 
But I want you guys to not be fearful and just like tiptoeing around your whole life, encountering your work colleagues or all the people that you know who don't know Jesus and not talking about the fact that you've been to church on a Sunday or not talking about the fact that you have a relationship with God and he's this really cool friend of yours that you could have too. How or what if someone has never met Jesus because they've never heard or have never even encountered the truth of who God is? And what if that person hasn't come to church or hasn't thought about God yet because you've never invited them or you've never opened up? They don't even know that you're a Christian. So I always try and have at least one person on my heart that I am praying will encounter Jesus and experience his love always. So when we got those little Christmas cards that are on our seats to fill out, I straight away knew who I was inviting. I straight away knew who I was writing down. And I wrote their name down and I was praying. And I was praying for about two whole weeks before I was like, all right, I'll invite her. And I've invited her to church before. She's seen me getting ready for preachers and things. And I've invited her along like, yeah, you can come. You can come see. Um, Come find out what we do. And she's been busy. So this time I was praying into the fact that she wouldn't be busy. And she would be able to come. And I got some of the Christmas card invitations and I put them at the little desk that we all sit and hover around for lunch. So they were there for everyone to see. But when she got to work that day, I picked one up and I was like, hey, I I know I've got these on the table here, but I really want to invite you. It'll be really fun. I think that you'd like it. There'll be lots of fun Christmas things. There'll be Christmas songs. There will be a talk about Jesus. But there'll be lots of fun things and you can meet a whole bunch of cool people. And you know what she said straight away? was, oh, your church is in Watson, right? I was like, yeah. She goes, I've got, I've got to go to the pottery place that's down the road to get some of her pots and clay things into the kiln, fired, whatever it's called. And I was like, yeah, that pottery place is down the road from our church. It's literally on the same street. She's like, perfect, I'll come do both. So I was like, great, she's going to come. And so I am going to keep praying that she comes next week And I'm going to keep hoping that all you guys will be here too because I want her to meet how awesome and see how awesome you guys all are. So I think another fear that we often have is what will people think of us? Or will we lose that friend because we talk about Jesus and they don't want to talk about Jesus? But I find that if you have genuine relationships and genuine, sincere friendships in your life they're not put off by hearing about God they're actually so encouraged that you're bold enough to share that part of your life with them as well and when you're open and honest about that they want they want to know they might start asking questions or over time they'll ask oh Sunday do you go to church did you go to church on Sunday I can say I went to uni for four years And I had and I still have this really close-knit group of friends from uni. And we will still catch up to this day. And 
None of them back then and none of them now know Jesus yet. Yet. (laughs) But they will always ask me how church was. They will always hear me out and listen to me when I'm talking about what God is doing in my life. They always really want to know because that's part of me. So I actually, I do, I want to encourage you guys today, but not from my perspective, from the perspective of someone who has been the recipient of hearing this good news in their life. So I actually really want to invite my dear friend Nadine up to share her testimony with you all. Yeah, can we welcome Nadine? In 2018, my world was a hot mess. I was going through an awful custody battle. My eldest daughter was estranged and I was diagnosed with early stage cervical cancer. I was desperately seeking something or someone to take away the pain. I made pretty poor choices and every door led to more heartbreak or disappointment. I couldn't break the chain. To everyone around me, I was the happy, extroverted Nadine, the life of the party, generous with my time, my money and my love. But inside I was lonely and depressed and deeply wanted a place to feel loved and accepted. Then I decided to join a little gym near home where I met Jess. Little did I know that this encounter would be the turning point in my life. Jess, a beautiful soul, would love and support me like nothing I had ever experienced, revealing a divine purpose in our connection. We started talking and I opened up about the struggles I was having and the impacts it was having on my youngest daughter, Matilda. Jess offered me a lifeline. Her church had a group, a youth group, that could provide support for Matilda Matilda jumped at the chance to come along and soaked up the learning and the company and the teachings of God. The events that follow still give me goosebumps. Matilda told me she wanted to attend church the following Sunday. I hesitated to go along too because my own perceived shortcomings. I feared rejection by people and by God. But Jess, knowing how wrong I was, And out of her love for God, encouraged us to come along. From the moment I walked into church back in October 2018, I felt instantly at home, welcomed and loved. Who knew that the church building wouldn't collapse with a sinner like me inside? And God accepted me while I was lost in sin and guilt and without purpose. Sharing about God is risky. It opens us up to possible criticisms and rejection, let alone one's courage and pers- one person's courage and openness. Here I stand today. Having found a loving God that is unconditional, filled with hope, grace, faith and power. It didn't take long 
for the presence of God to come into my life. I took the opportunity to spend time with one of our pastors to really let myself be forgiven, to repent my sins and to ask for God's love to cover me. Since then, so many amazing things have happened. I've had so many conversations with God. It's okay to pray a hundred times a day if I need to. But most importantly, the relationship I have with God has changed me. I no longer seek external things or fill my life with those things. I seek the God to come along with me. He's brought me very... He's brought me so many answers to prayer in my life. His grace and unwavering support have allowed me to navigate challenges and recover from those obstacles. And I continue to have my prayers answered. There's one verse that has stuck with me throughout my whole journey, and particularly during the last couple of days. Proverbs 31, 25 to 26. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, faith, instructions on her tongue. This is my story, this is my scripture, and I know God is making me into a woman who can share his wisdom and instruction to lead others to him. Wow, thank you for sharing those powerful words. And I just, I absolutely love that the reward for people like Nadine, who, got sh- who received Jesus, that reward is way better and way higher than any risk that I ran in sharing Jesus. Any risk. So I want to encourage each and every one of us to have a look around in our life for where there is anyone who needs to hear of this love, who needs to hear Jesus. And there's a few different ways that we could do this. And I... Yeah, I want to give you a few practical tips and a few practical things you could hang on to to give a go this week. The first is, when someone asks you, how was your weekend? How many of you tell them that you went to church today? That some girl with this crazy shirt on shared this message. You know, or on a Friday, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I've got this Christmas party at church. Do you want to come? Invite them along. Or at very least, share that you were here. Who knows where that conversation will go? Who knows? When someone opens up that they're struggling, you can ask them if, hey, can I, can I just pray for you quickly? And you can, you can make it quick. It doesn't have to be long-winded and it doesn't have to change the entire world right there and then. But you've planted a seed even if they say no. That's okay if they say no. 
I really love being able to invite both Christian and non-Christian friends to places or around my table for dinner where we could say grace and just let conversation happen. And who knows where it will go or what conversations about Jesus will come up or what's going on in people's lives right there and then. And most importantly, ask the Holy Spirit, God, who are you showing me today? God, who can I talk to today about you? And see where that leads you. But in everything, be bold. Be confident that you know who God has been to you. And you know the power of having Jesus in their lives too. How powerful that can be. So I want us to just take a moment. You may be sitting here being like, Jess, this is really cool that I could invite someone to our Christmas party, but this is the first time I've been here and I actually don't even know God for myself. Or I don't know if I've known God as a friend yet or joy and peace yet. So if you are in this position that you don't yet have a relationship with God. We're just going to take a moment. We are all going to close our eyes and we're going to pray this prayer together. And if it's you, God will know. God knows. So church, let's pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for first loving me. I turn from my old ways. Choose to race after you. Thank you for dying on the cross to save me from my sin. From this day forward, I choose to live for you. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.